Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace, and before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Cincy Shirts. Look, you know Cincy Shirts, you love Cincy Shirts, they've been with FC Cincinnati from the beginning, and we're just huge fans of their work here at The Post and happy to have them on as a sponsor. If you head on over to CincyShirts.com, that's Cincy with a Y, check out using the promo code THEPOSTCINCY. That's all one word, all caps. You will get 10% off your order and you let them know that we sent you there. They have MLS and MLSPA licensed FCC gear available online or in two retail locations in Hyde Park and Fort Mitchell. And the cool thing about the in-store locations, if they don't have your size on the shelf, they can print you one on the spot. Also, the promo code works in stores as long as you tell them. And that promo code is again, the post Cincy with a Y, all one word, all caps, or use the link down in the description of this podcast. And thank you so much to Cincy Shirts for sponsoring this episode. And on this episode of the postcast, things get a bit wonky. Look, FC Cincinnati is out of the League's Cup. They don't play for a little bit now, so this is sort of a bi-week episode. We start off in part one talking about the League's Cup, some of the games that happened earlier this week, as well as Messi's impact on the league. And then over in part two, well, it's a return of the off-season darling segment in the 11 out of the 18 this is a vibes episode this is i I had a ton of fun recording this episode i hope you enjoy this don't expect a whole lot of soccer in this episode enjoy this one this is your postcast Joining me to talk about all of that and more are two gentlemen that, like me, are still trying to decide. Buenos Aires, Miami, Cincinnati, Chief, give me give me a tier ranking here. Boy, this was tough. Um, <laughs> they were all we, good. we will explain this eventually, but continue. I'm gonna I, I think I have to go, and this hurts. This hurts me to say this and put this in this order, but I think I got to go Buenos Aires, Miami, Cincinnati. That hurts. I don't like that. I don't like what I'm saying right now. And mind you, they were all (laughs) delicious. Yes. Yes. They were all good. (laughs) But God damn it, do I love a Cuban sandwich. And I know that's a problematic take ahead of the U.S. Open Cup. A Cuban sandwich (laughs) empanada is just phenomenal. It's a phenomenal idea. A Cuban sandwich in any form is a good idea. In empanada form, it's it's just, it hits different. It was chimichurri. Yeah, that's, yeah. I hate that I'm putting Cincinnati last, though. That hurts. I understand. Grayson, are you disagreeing with these rankings at all? Um, I actually agree with uh, Chiefs rankings entirely. Um, I don't think... It's a particularly close call. Ooh. Um, and it's not to denigrate any one of these fine cities. <laughs> but if I was going on vacation, I think it would be Buenos Aires, Miami, and then Cincinnati, because I already live here. 
I mean, I think that's very fair as well as a <laughs> vacation destination <laughs> ranking. What are you going to walk across the street and stay at stay at the uh, the hotel there? <laughs> stay. It's called a staycation if you if you're yes. actually here in town. Let's let's get that right. <laughs> very true. I will that. say, I stayed at the uh, <laughs> stayed at the twenty one C after my wedding, and actually, yeah. actually the day before my wedding, and I did. <laughs> I hooked myself up really well. <laughs> so um, my wife had a number, had a lot of friends coming into town and they were all staying at our house. Nice. And so I worked it out where I got the hotel room. Wow. The night before the wedding to myself. Wow. <laughs> and she had to stay in the house <laughs> with all of, all of her friends. And like in the morning, like, 8 a.m. the day of the wedding, I get up, I order brunch room service with a mimosa oh. and a coffee, and I'm watching, you know, I think, I think I'm pretty sure I put on the Bundesliga on, on the TV. I think I took a picture of the tray in my lap with like John Anthony Brooks on TV. And little did you know, that was the closest you ever came to losing your relationship because she was in a house full of people getting ready. The hair dryers were already probably going. They had all the family there and you're just living your best life, watching <laughs> some soccer with some room service. And a little doubt crept into her mind that day. Like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you get a taste of that bachelor life one last time. I, I feel like the doubts start creeping into your own mind. Like, wait a second. This yeah, we is should, really nice. <laughs> we should normalize the concept of the bachelor party where it's just you by yourself doing something where it's like, right. I'm just going to go. I'm going to watch some sports. I'm going to order room service. I'm going to bring my Xbox, whatever it is. Just the bachelor party is you just getting that one last taste of. Ah. That's, called, uh, <laughs> that's called self-care. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag self-care. Basically, anytime you want to do something unbelievably selfish, you just say, I'm going to engage in some radical self-care. <laughs> selfish or lazy. Or lazy. Right. Let's, like, let's, Either be, one. let's be fair. Either one. <laughs> I don't want to uh, have to do this. I'm doing this for me. Don't you understand that this is about my mental health? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing this because I want to. Right. We, we've come up with like a nicer sounding word. If you... Just wrap it in the uh, the language of therapy, and you can get away with murder. So, or you just good. say treat yourself, and as long as the other person is a Parks and Rec fan, you're going to get away with it. I think that'll, that'll get you pretty far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not to bring this back to empanadas and or cities. Um, this is our weekly empanadas segment. <laughs> it really is. I I would disagree slightly, only because I have such an aversion to pickled things. I. I, I have the uh, the taste buds of a baby. Uh, I'm not a huge fan. I think I would put the Cincinnati chili one ahead of Miami. Again, they were all very good, but I am a I am a child, so I would I would have to go that ranking. There. Can we can we explain it so I can start making some wild accusations? Yes, please. Um, we went to after two episodes now of talking about the empanada box and their fantastically cleverly disguised football yeah, we, giveaway yeah, we, we finally decided we should probably go and actually see if this is any good before we continue talking about it on our <laughs> and podcast it's, and it's called the empanadas 
box. Yes, it's a possessive S. S. Yeah, the empanadas box, and it was fantastic. It was delicious. The uh, the staff there were incredibly nice. It's a cool little spot in Covington. It's very close, very walkable to a number of bars, of which we partook, and it was uh, it was a great time. They had really really good food, an insane selection. I don't know exactly what I was expecting walking in. They had a lot more variety of empanada than I would have anticipated. So kudos yeah. to them. It is wild to me that we we spent so much time talking about empanadas and none of us had any idea <laughs> a, what this place was all about. <laughs> like all I knew about them was they were doing a they got they got fucked on a ticket giveaway for the open <laughs> cup. And I'm like, well, hell. And then the whole mystery prize package that you can win in place of the tickets that, you know, sold on that. But we uh, we want to do some. I'm excited to find out what that. If anybody wins the mystery thing, <laughs> oh, I, I want to find know. out what it is. <laughs> don't put it on public social media. I don't want to get anybody in trouble again. No, with, yeah, join uh, Discord with the, join the Discord Cincinnati. Let uh, us know uh, legal department. Yeah, <laughs> but that but yeah, does no, come with our, our staff planning meeting. And yes. uh, <laughs> by staff planning meeting, I mean the three of us. Sorry, Jonah. Um, <laughs> but um, but no, it's uh, it got me to thinking. Why don't they serve empanadas at the FC Cincinnati game? Like, is there a better? Thank you. I'm um, at the ballpark soccer food than just give me like a little box with an empanadas box. Perfect. Give me a little hey. box with three empanadas. And maybe a side of plantain chips or something like that, or tortilla chips or something. Just have it in like a stack behind the bailey. I don't want a choice of what empanadas to get. Just have three in a box and let's tap your credit card. Here are empanadas. And then you have delicious little meat pies with chimichurri sauce that you can enjoy while you're standing and uh, drinking $12 beers. What am I missing here about this being a good idea? And you can turn it into content. Because yep. we always like have, we are. <laughs> yeah, but the team could, right? Because like there's like our, our bartender at um one of the one of the bars we went to after dinner, we were we were talking to him about it and he was talking about how there's you know very strong feelings between different South and Central American countries about the best style of empanadas, right? Yeah. We have representatives of all these countries in our team. Right. Oh, my God. Come and on. Like put out a video where where they taste test different empanadas and they argue about it. Oh, boom. So good. And the other the other idea we had while we were sitting around consuming drinks was the idea of, OK, so you have the empanada stand behind the Bailey and there are like two standard empanadas that you get. There's like probably like a beef one and a vegetarian one or whatever. But the third empanada should be something that is related to the team we are playing. Yeah. So you have like a Chicago empanada or a New York empanada or a uh, a Miami empanada. That was already designed. It's a Cuban sandwich and it's delicious. The and Philly Atlanta one empanada. seems pretty yeah, straightforward. Yeah, that, yeah, I think they already have a Philly one on the menu. Um, yeah. But yeah, then you have the fun of, huh, I wonder how they're going to make a Seattle empanada. What does that even look like? And I'm entirely intrigued. And the idea of being able to eat <laughs> An empanada for every team in MLS. Love it. Yeah. Come on. That'd be fun. That'd be so much fun. Do you it's think like, do you think they stacked the deck in these empanadas in favor of Buenos Aires and Miami? 
(laughs) (laughs) I'll just tell you this much. They got a little extra budget on the beef when it came to those. The Cincinnati one had to go through some Turkish vendors. It was was a little dicey. (laughs) No, I think they were all they were all really, really good. It was just, you know, I was in particular uh, blown away by the Buenos Aires and the Miami ones. Yeah, I got some yerba mate. Mm? Just just like Alvaro. (laughs) <laughs> I think when the owner is from Buenos Aires, I think you can't make a bad Buenos Aires empanada. If you do that, I think oh, they yeah. revoke your citizenship. If you yeah. like name something after the country, and then it ends <laughs> up being bad. I don't think that's even allowed. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out the giveaway is, yes, the Still mystery alive. swag bag. Sure. But the other was free empanadas for a year, which like, even if you don't get the tickets, feels like a very worthwhile prize. And, and to be fair, <laughs> it's a swag bag. It's not tickets. We cannot promise the tickets are involved in this. Yes. We can't it's promise anything. We get, no. this is, it's really has nothing to do with us. Yep. It's just, no. just at this point, like, like we've we've made this, we've made a mess of this. So we might as well just keep it, just keep it going. Yeah, there's no game, and we went to go get empanadas to plan out hell is real, and that's what you're getting for this podcast. It's empanadas talk. <laughs> we really should have. It did lead me to ask as well. So, like you were talking about, like you have the, you know, the Argentinian empanada, you have the um, Colombian variation of the empanada, mm-hmm. and. I asked this at the bar afterwards. Is the Hot Pocket the American empanada? Yeah. Hamoni queso. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I think that is the, the American empanada is that. I mean, yeah. I make an argument for the Pop-Tart if I was really feeling it. But no, it's, it's the Hot Pocket. And would the calzone be the Italian hot, uh, the Italian empanada, <laughs> or is yeah. it the ravioli? I think it's a cal, it's a calzone. The calzone, the calzone uh, is great. <laughs> you got you got your pasty. Yep. Uh, you got yeah. your pierogi. Pierogi. The Polish empanada. Uh, you got like the English meat pie. Your various yeah. meat pies, uh, which is a mo- staple of the football food pyramid at at soccer games over in the UK. Yeah, lending more theory. To the fact that the empanada should be available as a food item in at FC Cincinnati games. Yeah, put the put that get one of those empanadas with you know Cincy chili stamped on it. Tweet that up on a uh, footy screen. Oh yeah, yeah. Or do people, like a collab. Eat that alive. Do that with a collab with like Frisius and make like the big boy empanada with like some ground beef, <laughs> some uh, the Frisius sauce they put on the big boy in there, a little lettuce, tomato, or something. Sauce, yeah. yeah. If they ever put empanadas in the stadium, we'll have to incorporate them into some kind of concussion. I mean, we we we'll don't wrap even, a pizza around we, it. Yeah, obviously, we already thought about we already talked about this, right? Wasn't it like the empanosa? The empanosa. Yes, <laughs> I forgot about the empanosa. <laughs> no, the problem with the empanosa is it sounds like a a product where at the end someone reads a lot of side effects in a really fast voice before saying yeah. "talk to your doctor about empanosa." But I like I like I like empanosa better than La Rosanata. Yeah. Well, I like the Rosen Yada. Maybe, that, maybe we'll we'll take feedback on this. Is right. it the Rosen Yada when you turn 17 then? I don't know. I'm not good at <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> uh, Which empanada do you yeah. wrap the, into the Rosa's pizza? Is it the Cincinnati one or do you go with the Buenos Aires? I mean, if you do the, the Cincinnati Aires. one, 
if you do this in San Juan, it's probably a better Sky Rosa. Like a less messy Sky Rosa, I yeah. would think. Yeah. I think, I think the Buenos Aires. I mean, uh, the Buenos Aires with anything is going to be A-OK in my book. I'm sticking by delicious. the take. That I forget. Did I, what we said, uh, just sprinkled with Grippo's dust is where it really needs to go from this point forward. I will agree with you, though. After we ate it, we all had variations on it. It does need cut up hot dogs in it. It was missing <laughs> something. <laughs> I mean, the real Cincinnati empanada, because they had some breakfast empanada. The real Cincinnati empanada is get uh, scrambled eggs, getta, and cheese. That's the Cincinnati empanada, mm. as far as I'm concerned. And then what you do is you That'd buy delicious. that. You buy that, and then you take a, a container of Skyline chili, and you coat it in Skyline chili like an enchilada, with like the enchilada <laughs> sauce on top of it. And then you coat the Skyline chili in Grippo's dust. So it yeah. sticks to the sticks to the empanada. Yeah, and then probably and then a little, little more of the cheese on top of it afterwards. Strips of uh, sour cream, so it becomes a skyline seven layer dip. Yeah, and, <laughs> so like, uh, <laughs> and two two scoops of uh, black raspberry chip, <laughs> and a buskin cookie right in the middle. There. Yeah, you're set. <laughs> and then you feed it to Fiona for content. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they should let us feed it to Fiona for content. <laughs> Fiona immediately dies of a heart attack. <laughs> I mean, like, it's a hippo. It's going to have that, like, hippo diarrhea shit anyway, I will no matter say, what. If, so. um, That's true. If we, if we kill F Fiona with this concoction, <laughs> people will stop talking about Harambe. <laughs> <laughs> this is your chance, Cincinnati right. Zoo. <laughs> it's like we've been waiting for an episode to go viral. It's like, well, you killed Fiona. That's they're gonna oh, have to listen no. to find out why. <laughs> and it, at this point, like Fiona's just a hippo, right? And they put they put how Fiona on Sir, social how media. How dare you? How dare you? That's not like a too small hippo anymore. That's just a hippo. I mean, she is pretty small compared to the uh, the male in there. But yeah, I mean. You're just going to say it's a tiny horse, too? Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> We're gonna, we may have to come to blows here. Right. <laughs> uh, little Sebastian, RIP. Right. Uh, gone too soon. I don't get that reference. <laughs> Finally. Wow. You get your highfalutin Broadway world. We get Parks and Rec. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't get, um, I also don't get office <laughs> jokes. Although I'm Good. familiar enough with the gifts to be conversant. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that'll get you pretty I'm, far. That's like I've never seen an episode of Friends. I'm conversational in office gif. <laughs> I can read and write. Just don't yeah. ask me to speak. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Chief. God. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, yeah, you're good. Friends, no, it's, friends it's, is a good friend. one, too. You can be aware of without having watched anything. I know nothing about it. They, you used to be because like I've seen like random episodes of Friends. Nope. And not. like I get it. But that's how sitcoms used to be. You used to be able to just like watch a random episode yeah. and just get it. Right. Yeah. You didn't have to like watch all the episodes before it and also like some episodes of like a whole nother TV show that's on a streaming platform. And four <laughs> movies to like understand what was going on, and when you just wanted to watch something that was like passably amusing for twenty two minutes, right? It's like you want to watch this show. You can either watch seven months of content, or like read a, or there'll be a YouTube video that summarizes everything you've missed thus far. And it's like you know what? I'm just gonna go read a book. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna deal with this right or now. Or I'm just gonna watch Seinfeld again. Yeah. 
that was that was me explaining to my parents the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My dad was like, "Yeah, I think I want to watch these. Like, where do I start?" And I sent him the list in chronological order, and he's like, "That's too much. I'm I'm not going to do that." <laughs> it is a random thing too, where it's like, imagine you're you know. I have a friend of mine whose kid is getting old enough where he's like, oh, I just want to really introduce him into Marvel stuff. I was like, he's not going to have time for that. He doesn't want no. to do that. No. You're so far behind at this point, you're never going to catch up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why bother? <laughs> it's kind of like the postcast in a lot of ways. <laughs> we're, is, that why you, is that why you introduce us at the start of the episode in this vain hope that there might be a new listener actually happening onto this? Getting us up from 12 to 13. I think the there only... is like a new listener every week. <laughs> There's just one. <laughs> and then they stop they listening. They, then yeah. The new listener stops like, this is trash. I know I haven't started this before already. The only <laughs> do is talk about fucking empanadas. We're not going to do. I'm not going to listen to this. Well, this is the worst soccer podcast. <laughs> a, bu- a bunch of my friends found out about this podcast like a couple of weeks ago. So now I have to like talk about it. In oh, the real no. world. No, no, no. <laughs> That's just... never good. Oh, man. It's like, hey, guys, I, I got something I have to tell you. You might want to sit down about this. I um, I have a podcast. <laughs> I've been doing it for a year and a half. <laughs> I don't think I've been canceled, but it could come any day now. <laughs> I don't use my real name. That's kind of weird. <laughs> like no, you're at the good. bar. It's like, oh, he's one of my podcast friends. He doesn't ever call me by my real name. It's weird. You got to just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim Gaffigan had a great bit about introducing two different uh, groups of friends for the first time. And you have to prep them like, hey, don't be thrown by my English accent here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend in college friend at- where, where he... um. He introduced himself as Nate, and we knew him as, uh, or Jack. He introduced himself as Jack. So we were like, oh, that's Jack. And so his friend came from high school at one point, his sophomore year, and started calling him Nate. (laughs) We were like, why do you call Jack Nate? It's like, what's his name? His name's not Jack. (laughs) And we confronted him about it. And he said, yeah, I've always hated the name Nate. It's my dad's name. So uh, and I don't like my middle name either because it's also his name. So I just decided Jack would be a fun thing to go by. And I introduced myself and just went with it. <laughs> so Fair <laughs> so enough. like oh, that's a psycho move, but I'm not going to learn a new name for you right now. So you're just going to be Jack to me for the rest of your life. Well, yeah. so so yesterday before Empanada's Box, I met a friend of mine downtown at Corkopolis for a glass of wine. And I was explaining to her, oh, I have to be down in Covington at seven. And she's like, oh, what are you doing down there? And just like, I kind of looked down at the ground, <laughs> uh, you know, sputtered a little bit, just felt like really sad uh, about about myself for, for a little bit. And then I said, uh, I'm going to meet my friends from my podcast. <laughs> it's like, i looked down at the ground i sputtered and it's like i had to come up with a lie so i was i have to meet my probation officer yeah, right. i'm gonna do community service uh, the, i'm uh, the I'm, having an, I'm having an affair <laughs> uh, yeah still um, less embarrassing than admitting you do a podcast <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) Well, if it isn't clear to people by now, um, it's a bye week for FC Cincinnati, unfortunately. Um, So this is the kind of content you're going to get uh, for this episode. I 
I, I did want to start us off a little bit with um, we are, by all accounts, all metrics available to us on the internet, uh, the number one League's Cup podcast, at least in terms of fandom, not in terms of download numbers. And I think we need to to talk about this for just a brief moment that yesterday and the day before ended up being one of the greatest, I think, days in League's Cup history. And I I mean that very seriously because this tournament is brand new. (laughs) And it was a fantastic run of games with bizarre storylines that, I mean, I don't even know where to begin with this one. I'm looking at the list of games from last night. I guess we start with Nashville America, which Fought Mob has finally decided to uh, correct themselves and say Nashville won this game. That was not the case on FOTMOB late into the evening. Um, oh, this is everything about, not Chief, just FOTMOB. Please. Um, <laughs> Minnesota United charged their fans <laughs> season ticket accounts because they thought they were hosting a League's Cup match and had to issue an apology saying, we're sorry, we ran your credit cards too early. We're going to have to issue you refunds, which is so utterly on brand for MLS that there was a guy sitting there waiting to hit the button to make more money. And as soon as they possibly could, they were like, yep. Charge. Charge. <laughs> Don't wait till the next day. Don't wait an hour. Just immediately. The second that ball goes in, you smash that charge button. Uh, yeah, Nashville and America. I mean, you could have just been watching the game. I- up until the final whistle and you thought you saw the winner, which is what happened with us as we were trying to keep tabs on this. Uh, in the 94th minute, uh, America scores a penalty, makes it 2-1, to one, and you think, well, hmm, that's the game. That's It's all over there. It's 2-1. to one. There's the game. But no, their new signing, Sam Surridge, he actually decided to play for them finally. He was only announced like two months ago. Uh, scores in the 99th minute to tie it up force penalties penalties go six rounds maybe seven rounds and uh america blocks the the final kick and that's it the Game game's over. over everybody thinks we can America's one we can resume talking to the mayor of covington who was chatting us up at a <laughs> that, watering that did hole. happen that did happen <laughs> I, almost, real I almost went to a second location with them <laughs> i seem like they partied yeah Try, seen, it's like do you guys uh do you guys have room for a podcast studio by any chance? <laughs> I mean, first rule of not getting human trafficked is never go to the second location. So That's good dodge true. there. Um but no, we uh, <laughs> the, the second <laughs> rule of not being hu- human tracked of not being human trafficked is uh not having any male relatives. That is pretty important. <laughs> so good luck to anybody that was ever born. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the uh, everybody thinks they won. Uh, but no, five, six, seven minutes later, the referee calls back the teams and says that uh, America's keeper was off his line. They need to retake the penalty. It goes another couple of rounds. Nashville pulls out the win. Insane. Uh, my favorite part about this, though... Um, and Ben Wright had a good video of this uh, on Twitter. The uh, the America fans in the stands pelting Nashville fans with food and beer. Not fans, uh, the players celebrating on the field. It was just absolute bedlam in their stadium and everything that League's Cup should be. 
Yeah, everything that Leagues Cup should be in that this is a CONCACAF sanctioned tournament. And this felt incredibly concacaf and more than feeling <laughs> concacaf This felt match-fixy. Like, a little bit. Really, really match-fixy. I would... I would be very interested in some sort of a magical computer program that would allow me to see what wagers were made on this game because Nashville was a decent dog in this game, I think. I didn't look at the final betting lines, but I would be very curious to know if a large amount of money moved in this game at some point, even during the live line, because this was fishy as hell. (laughs) Here's the... Here's the problem with that. And I, so I saw some, some, I guess, Liga MX fan accounts or affiliated accounts or whatever, posting pictures of the America keeper and of the Nashville keeper and complaining about how they're called. Yeah. And the pictures were not making whatever point the (laughs) posters thought they were making. Because right. the picture clearly shows the America keeper with both of his feet off and ahead yes. of the goal line. <laughs> I saw these and photos as well. <laughs> clearly shows the Nashville keeper with one foot smack dab on the line and his other foot in front, where it's allowed to be. You have to have if one his foot, foot on. Yes. If, his foot, if his other foot is on or behind the line. Isn't it though that you're not allowed to make your first movement forward? Is that is that what they were talking about? Is that he was going forward as opposed to side side to side? I thought that was the point being made. Mm, I don't know enough about the rule to say one way or the other. Yeah, I've never seen one called back with the, except for with the keeper ahead of the line, like last year when Roman made a save, um, yeah. and they they on VAR determined that he had taken his foot off the line too early. Yeah. Um, but it felt also like the, like the, the fans sharing the, the, the picture Jonah made of the uh, Vasquez third goal against Chivas that shows that Brandon is on side. Right. And like, Oh yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you guys are. What you guys are complaining about, like, right, right. I'm just talking about more like the amount of time it took to make this call that they had to like call the That's teams back weird. on the field. It, like they missed the call. And at a certain point, wasn't there also a pitch invader? Maybe some kid ran on the field, I think, if I'm remembering okay. correctly, or that might have been the Monterey game later. But the other thing, too, is that like he lined up with his feet off the line. And at some point, it's like when the ref- there's a referee standing right there that's right. right on the line watching this. And it's one thing if he goes early, but if he's off the line to start, shouldn't the officials say, hey, man, you're off the line? Like they do that all the time that they say right. ball's not in the right spot. That ball was moving. You can't do that. To me, that's a little he was lined yeah. up wrong and they let them take the penalty anyway with the goal with the keeper in an illegal position wouldn't you stop the game and be like hey get back they do that all the time get back you're not where you're supposed to be well they clearly didn't notice yeah Yeah. but even if you don't notice it like missed calls are a part of the game that's like 
it's just a thing that happens. Even with VAR, you miss calls. How long after the game are they allowed to say, oh, we messed up and call them back? Like five minutes short, pretty close. What if it had been an hour and all the teams were still out there? They call the call back from the day? hotel? Like, like, well, yeah, like what is the, what's the statute of limitations for a blown call on the final penalty? It, it doesn't. It's stupid. If the game is awarded and maybe the ref didn't signal a winner or something, but like if the game is over, the game is over and blown calls can't be re-litigated, I wouldn't think. I don't know. That that whole thing felt very weird. I think also uh, my feelings are colored by the fact that Nashville won and that just makes yeah, me upset. Sucks. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's annoying. We could have won. <laughs> oh, God. Uh other games that happened, Philadelphia, New York, Red Bulls played to a 1-1 draw with Philly advancing on penalties. Oh, one last thing right. on the Nashville thing. They did that stupid keeper swap, and it worked again, and that makes it triply annoying. So. Yeah. All right, so this is I – didn't, I didn't have much to say about this New York game, but I wanted to bring up a point that I saw online that I think is worth talking about in terms of just the general overall vibe of the League's Cup so far. So I'm going to give a shout mm-hmm. to the actual person who came up with this. And I'm going to read the tweet for you here because he's a guy we know and uh, we respect in the FC Cincinnati fan community. And that's Bill Wolf, who's been Mm. around the FCC fan movement for a while. This was his tweet yesterday, and it really got me thinking. What percentage of League's Cup games have been decided by penalties? Feels like a large majority in the knockout rounds and a majority overall. Not sure we're getting this right. Next year, we could do League's Cup in a single day, just jump straight to PKs. And it got me thinking. There have been an inordinate number of PK shootouts in this tournament. And I know when we talked to um, we talked Kenny to Arena. Kenny Arena, he really liked this. And I get the sense that the coaches like this because I also get the sense that this is an annoyance for the players and the coaches of MLS and Liga MX, for that matter. And that the leagues may think this is a good idea. The federations may think this is a good idea. The players and the coaches view this as an impediment to them doing their business in the season. Uh, So they don't want to play an extra minute. They don't have to. But if we all acknowledge, and I think we have, that once you get the penalties, it just turns into a coin flip of is your guy guessing the right way and is the team against you kicking the penalty correctly? What does it say about the outcome or the integrity or the value of this tournament if there are just so many games that are being played tight and going to penalties and we're just flipping coins to find out who advances in these games yeah i think it's an interesting i think it's an interesting point i will say this though i i agree with kenny arena which is i know a bold uh position to to have I much prefer even you know winter or or summer aside I really prefer after 90 minutes in a knockout tournament just immediately going to penalties because draws in the game of soccer are a large part of the game and are very prevalent. There are teams that will draw more than they win or lose over the course of a season. That's very common. Uh, FC Cincinnati, I think, did that last year, if not came close to it. Um, Draws happen. They're a part of the game. It typically means that either the underpowered team was able to hold on, the overpowered team was ineffective, or that they were too evenly match teams and that's very very common and i think what it means for this tournament generally is that these leagues if you want to 
you know, put the travel aside, put the hosting aside for a second. If you do take the the competition at face value, is that these leagues are so evenly matched that there's not much separating them. And I think if that was your opinion of these leagues going into it, which is what mine was, I think you would expect a lot of penalties because there's not a lot separating a Toluca from Minnesota. Those are very similar teams. So to so, put, this in, put this in perspective, I just did a quick count and yeah. I only went back the last 10 matches. Six of the last 10 matches played in League's Cup have gone to penalties. That's 60%. Yeah, it's a lot. I don't know. There have, like, <laughs> I sound like a person in the black and white portion of an infomercial where it's like there has to be a better way. So I'm, I, my numbers might be a little off, but I think that one thing that skews the number of penalty kicks is that during the group stage. Yeah, they did the penalty kicks to divide the three points two to one. And in the tournament, like the World Cup. OK, those would all be draws. Right. Um. So in the um in the like in the World Cup it looks like there were 19 well 19 teams that can't it can't be right. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of draws in the group stage of the World Cup. Okay. Yeah. In the League's Cup if if they use League's Cup rules all of those matches would have um gone to penalties. Um, and they're not and they're not going to play extra time in the group stage if if all, if usually in group stages they just have draws. Um, Argentina played four knockout matches in the World Cup last year. Two of those four went to penalties, and that's even with you know playing um, extra time. Uh, draws draws happen in soccer. Um, I don't know how to run. I haven't run the numbers. Maybe somebody can or will. But like, I feel like the just. I feel like the the way that it feels like there's been so many games with penalties is because in the group stages every draw went to penalties, and there was a lot of group stage games. Um, and I think ultimately I fall, um, I fall in line with with Kevin and Kenny Arena that for this tournament uh, it doesn't really make sense with you playing a game every four days or three yeah, days brutal. Brutal. Um, to add 30 minutes to all of those games. So where like if you play three games in like a week and a half and they all go to extra time, oh. you've played four, four games, games. <laughs> in that same in that same period of time oh um for for i don't want to i don't think i want to see like a world cup go to go to something like this uh i think they should still play extra time in those champions league bigger tournaments that are like after the season or different times of year or more spread out um but for this tournament that you're just jamming into a month and the teams in that are going right back to league play and they're doing all of the, all of this travel all over the all over the country um i don't see any any compelling reason to make them play any longer than they have to 
I think that like what I would want to see happen with this tournament going forward is maybe you run the group stages over the course of a break in the season for two to three weeks. And then once the group stages conclude, play the rest of League's Cup over the course of, you know, we have a weekend here, an international weekend, we can do it, another international weekend, we can do it, whatever. Where in these knockout rounds, the knockout rounds are taken a little more seriously than going directly to PKs. Or I don't know how much you can get away with this since these are sanctioned tournaments, but I would love to try something just a little different in this. I know that we've advocated and we're all big fans on this podcast of the uh, NASL MLS 1.0 running PKs. I would love to do something like that where you, if you're going to go to PKs, give the keeper a little bit more of a fighting chance on them or, you know, experiment maybe with golden goal over time. I would be more into that than I think that I would be into PKs, but I don't know. I just, I understand this year with the format being the way it is, I understand the need for this, but it just, it's not compelling television to me when so many of these games are played so close to the vest and end up just turning into, let's see who's better at kicking from the spot. I just, I agree a little bit with, um, with Bill's take on this. It's just, if that's the case, just get, it's like the old argument about the NBA. You just have to watch the last two minutes for a lot of these games. All you really had to watch was just, let's just watch PKs and find out how it happens. And in the case of America versus Nashville, even watching PKs wouldn't tell you how it happened. Like you'd have to actually <laughs> wait to find out who won the PK. So, yeah. No, I, <clears throat> these are good points. Um, I just, I don't, I don't like the extra time. It's both teams trying not to lose, which I think is sad. <laughs> it's just, just get it over with. Let's just move on to the next round. Um, after Ooh, that, extra Minnesota, time, extra, extra time. But if nobody scores a goal, uh, neither team advances and the team you would have played just gets a bye to the next round. <laughs> it's a self-mutual knockout <laughs> it feels very very exposed to match fixing but i like the idea a lot <laughs> um, minnesota toluca get this ended it in penalties with minnesota moving on no you after don't a say two two affair um and then the exciting games and honestly the the two games i was really looking forward to uh on the day uh, aside from uh, american nationals fine um tigres monterey with this game being a very open a very back and forth game that really just like you said, I always joke that college basketball is very much that you only need to tune in the last two minutes. Um, yeah, the 88th minute and on in this game really turned it up a notch. <laughs> but what was fun about this game was that this was the first game that I'd watched where it felt pro and this is a, a rivalry in Mexico, like we learned when we were previewing this league's cup, or I learned at least because I'm a heathen and I don't I'm not a worldly individual as as Kevin is. Um <laughs> This environment in this game was fun as hell. Like yeah. just tuning in as a neutral, it was loud. They, uh, by virtue of the fact that this was just a open ticket event, I think they were, I forget where they were playing this at, but it wasn't Houston, like they, I think, yeah. they didn't separate the fan bases up. So there was like a Toluca Ooh. section, there was a Tigre section, and the rest of the stadium was just the two groups mixed together. And it looked rowdy and fun as hell. And the it sucks this game was on so late because this type of a game is a show, was a showpiece game. 
for what the League's Cup could be. And you always want to get away from this idea that like rivalries don't, you never want a situation where a rivalry doesn't matter. This, to those people that showed up for this game, the rivalry mattered and it was fun as hell to watch just as a neutral fan. Yeah. Grayson, let me ask you this. Did this game, um, assuming you watched it, did this game pique your interest into watching more Liga MX on its own? Or do you have zero interest still in that? I, I wouldn't say I have zero interest. Um, I I do think that that we got to see, you know, like you said, an actual, like, real rival rivalry game. I assume it would e- even be, like, turned up several notches during the League MX season. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not... I mean, me personally, like, if I happened to be sitting at home and somebody said it was on, yeah, yeah, I'll put it on. But, I mean, to be honest, there's already, like, too much soccer <laughs> for me to, right. like, find another thing to, like, plan my uh, <laughs> plan my schedule around. Yeah, that would be, yeah. like, the, the wife starts to get angry. It's like, really? You're following this league now, too? <laughs> yeah. Hey, this one's usually on late at night. You know, if MLS is going to take Saturdays, a late night Friday night uh, League MX game, always a good time. FS1 used to carry them and broadcast in uh, English, uh, which was great. I loved it when they did that for a couple of years. Apple should just pick this up. Like that would be like, that would be the smart move right here. So here's the annoying thing about League MX they do something that is pretty rare nowadays in the world of sports. Every team negotiates their own own media deal in fact like um america i think is even owned by a telecommunications company so they like some of them are owned by cable channels or they have special arrangements so like the the america media deal will pay them like 18 20 million dollars a year whereas like corretero is getting you know pesos compared to that so it is, uh, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. They've talked about potentially negotiating all their rights together, but they basically be asking the big five or six teams to take a haircut in order to uplift the entire league. And they haven't been too keen to want to do that recently. So, yeah. but like I the agree. S- the SEC isn't bundling their rights with the Big 12. That's not happening here. No, but, oh, man, you want a blueprint for the future of college sports. It's all of these teams. I mean, Florida State's already rattled in that cage. Hey, we bring a lot more to this deal than Wake Forest does. Where's where's our bigger piece of the spy? <laughs> Just look south of the border. The answer lies down there. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and Good then, game, though. Uh, the ending yeah, of this game yeah. was wild. Um Penalty, yeah, ends in a late penalty. Yeah. Ends in a late penalty. I thought it was 50-50 on the call. There was contact. I could it's one of those ones where this is an annoying, this is a Kevin hates this VAR. Yep. We're in the moment, it's not called. And I see the argument that the sport is lesser for the fact that in the moment this wasn't called. And they went back and they changed it when I think reasonable minds could have been, yeah, I don't see a foul there. It, he went down a little easy or the contact wasn't sufficient enough to do anything on it. But it did avoid this game going to penalties. So I have to appreciate the fact that they <laughs> that one penalty decided this game as opposed yeah, to multiple right. penalties. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost more interesting. Would you rather get rid of the penalty kicks? It comes down to the coin flip. 
<laughs> of the taker versus the keeper, and that's the this entire was, game. <laughs> this was also um, the first game that I've seen in a really long time where somebody got a yellow card for a referee confrontation that we've yeah. been begging for forever. Except in this one, they had to give the card for the guy going inside the mythical, mystical dotted line that's around the VAR booth. So there was a dude just chilling in there from, I want to say, Tigres. And the official turns around, like throws the yellow card up in the most comically over-exaggerated fashion, then resumes looking at his little mystery screen um, to continue evaluating whether or not he was going to award the penalty. But you know what? Good. I'm glad to see the refs fighting back against assholes crowding their personal space. Yeah, no, it was it was so good. Um, and yeah, like like I was alluding to to my, my question with Grayson, I think that's a good advertisement for League MX. Like if this tournament was supposed to be an advertisement for uh, League MX fans in the U.S. to watch MLS, I think this game would have been a pretty good counter you know advertisement They're like hey maybe you should watch some of these big teams when they play because they they have a very entertaining brand of football um <clears throat> finally on the night i mean the team that we had been hyping up i feel like through a lot of this tournament yeah. a team that we expected more out of uh rsl falls four to nothing to lafc and i gotta say uh lord help this league if lafc has found their footing uh denny boanga looks incredible and that lafc's on a roll so far yeah but didn't we expect this like we like it was shocking that they weren't like this from the start and we all sort of blamed that they had severe fixture congestion due to their playing in the uh concacaf champions league the late lamented CONCACAF Champions League, <laughs> RIP in peace. Um, and there was a bit of a hangover from that, it felt mm -hmm. like, from the team getting dumped out of that by Leon. And if this is them getting back into form, how, where are they at on the table? How many points off the shield are they? They're pretty far, like 14 okay. or 15. Yeah, they're 14 or 15 points behind us. But they could push St. Louis in the West and could... You know, it'd be an annoying team to play an MLS Cup, I'll tell you that much. Should we get there? Um, so I also wonder if LAFC ben or how much LAFC benefited from uh one, I know they got a couple of guys in during the transfer window, but two, mm -hmm. and maybe a bigger point, is they got that buy through the group stage. Yeah. So they got a rest and they got to train and maybe work on some things without having any games for a couple of weeks. And if that made it, if that helped them at all, and it seems to have, because they are a very different form yeah. than they ended, you know, the most recent uh, stretch of MLS play in, then, you know, maybe, maybe FC Cincinnati can have a similar bump from its <laughs> own break. Lord, I've seen what you've done for others. <laughs> yeah, their uh, their MLS uh, stretch here: lost to Vancouver, lost to Dallas, lost to LA Galaxy, draw to San Jose, beat St. Louis three to nothing, draw to Minnesota. Okay, and then they they take a, a good long break, about two two and a half weeks, seven to one against Juarez, four nothing RSL as a radically different team coming out of that that gap so 
yeah, uh, they could very well be a problem. Um, I suppose this is the time that we should do this. We have four games. The quarterfinals are set. Should we do a little predicting here? Yeah, why not? Because I think they start Friday, right? Yeah, they will start Friday, so we won't get a chance to uh, to comment on these before then. Um, so on the uh, <laughs> the bad side of the bracket, the one that we were on, uh, Philadelphia, Coretro, and Nashville, Minnesota. Feels like Philly, Nashville, but I could... Wait, what do you mean the bad side of the bracket? <laughs> oh, I just... Philly's on oh, the same sorry. side as Miami. Sorry, I'm looking at a slightly modified version of this, which has oh. tilted it all up. So, <laughs> sorry, I'm now I'm now realizing the which way I'm I'm supposed to be looking at this. Uh, we have Philly, Coretro, Miami, how, Charlotte. How do you read this wrong? There's only four games left. <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain this to you, but it is very weird looking on FOTMOP. <laughs> it's a goddamn bracket. Is this like your first time in the country? Like we have an NCAA tournament every year. These aren't hard the, to read. The League's Cup website. We'll never get Why are you looking at it on FOTMOP? <laughs> because FOTMOP is so much Cup, faster. The League's Cup website has the bracket in the knockout round. Oh, is this anyway. the part where Kevin bitches about the fact that his MacBook can't run two screens at the same time when he's recording the podcast? <laughs> it, I'm able to do it with a couple of pieces of bolted on software. Don't worry about it. The M1 was all worth it. No, Philly Coretro. Is there any reason to think Philly can't do this? I am a little tired of picking against Coretro and watching them just like same? run through this tournament. <laughs> However, I mean, I... One, I genuinely think Philly should be the favorite in this game. Yeah. And two, um, for Open Cup reasons, I really want to see Philly play Miami. Yeah. So, so that would be for the me. blueprint. Yeah. I'm going to say Coretro has become the uh, the meme team for Liga MX fans. Yeah. Um, they're kind of seen as like this... Uh, I believe their nickname is the Roosters, or at least everybody online is referring to them as chickens and roosters, that they're just like this dumb, fumbling rooster that keeps accidentally knocking out all of the good MLS teams. <laughs> so I really enjoy that imagery. Yeah, I'm let's let's, put, I'm let's put Corretaro through. I'm sick yeah. of picking against them. Yeah, no, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, let's put them through. <laughs> um, then we have Messi versus Charlotte. Okay, so we got to talk about this because <laughs> we... <laughs> We picked the worst moment to stop recording the podcast. We really did. When we were sort of like live following this along, like yep. right before the comical own goal. Oh, man. And that match was bananas down the stretch. Just absolutely insane. I will say. Enough people enjoyed our live commentary that we might have to work out something for the League's Cup final. Just something that. Something to think about. We may not be available to do that given our hellish real plans, but just something to think about. That's 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 a lot of future us plans. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, want to, I don't want to commit to anything. But if there's empanadas involved, maybe if Miami goes down to Charlotte in the first half, let's assess where we are. Friday <laughs> <night>. <laughs> uh, um, I I I can't. I can't pick against Miami. I can't do it at yeah. this point. No, you can't. Do we know where this game is being played? Oh, wait. 
let's acknowledge that Charlotte advanced only because Houston had the worst 30-second sequence I've ever seen in MLS. <laughs> I didn't watch the game. Yeah. Yeah, tell oh, me about it. Um, well, they gave up. They gave up a really terrible goal um, to give up. And then on the ensuing kickoff, they passed it back to a defender. The defender turned around and just kind of booted it back towards the keeper. The keeper was in the center of the goal and was not expecting the pass. So he just turned around and kicked it right into his own goal under... <sighs> Basically, no pressure for no no discernible reason. Maybe he was just trying to give he, uh, Charlotte back the home field advantage they should have had if they would have been better job booking their stadium. I do believe that Charlotte is back to hosting. Okay. Uh, no, this game is at Drive Pink Stadium, according oh, to the official. Right. Oh, you're official right. Because, oh, because the standings. Because yep. Miami Miami was ahead of them in the standings. Yeah. Wow. Um. The rich get richer. So also, Charlotte could host Caretero. If yes. they both, if those both went, but okay. Um, stay woke. Uh, Miami and Charlotte advancing to each other means one of them is guaranteed to play in the final or the uh, guaranteed to make it to the final day of either the third place game or the uh, the third place game or the final, which means their league game against Charlotte and Miami on August twentieth has been rescheduled uh, proactively. Nothing unusual about that, per se, but eh, it's a little... It sets it up nicely for Miami to not have to worry about another game before our Open Cup. Well, if Miami lose to Charlotte, they won't have another game until the Open Cup semifinal. Yes. If Miami beats Charlotte, they at least will have to play... Um, August 19th in either the third place game or the League's Cup championship. Yeah. All right. So I have a question then, given all that. Should we be rooting for Miami as FC Cincinnati fans to win the League's Cup? If for no other so. reason, then once they get that first trophy, maybe the focus on the U.S. Open Cup is a little less. I Yeah, I think so. And then because I also want Miami to play like intense games the rest of the way through. Um, and so that would include a preference toward them being in the final versus the third place game, which I think still has a, a, a Champions Cup spot on the it line. Does. So there's it some does. incentive there. But come on. There's a cup and there's not a cup. Yeah. Either winning the third place game or losing in the final I think are your preferable outcomes there. You want them to make it that far so that they're a little more tired, but you also want them to get a Champions League spot so that that pressure is off. And then, yeah, I I can see the argument for them winning a trophy. Therefore, the pressure's off. However, I That's, I don't think they're going to yeah. stop trying. <laughs> so. Well, maybe Messi just, you know, maybe after they win the trophy, maybe they give Messi a... A game off then at that point against Cincinnati. Maybe he doesn't travel if they've just won the League's Cup. That'd be awesome. Because it's not an MLS game. It's not not an MLS game. Apple doesn't have the rights to that game. It's on Golazo or whatever fucking 
fake channel CBS is putting this on. So if he is truly here because of Tim Apple's money, maybe the priority is making sure he makes all of his dates with Apple as opposed to the uh, the U.S. Open Cup. And if he's won his trophy, maybe it's a lot easier to say, hey, Leo, enjoy the beach for a couple of days. You don't need to fly to the Midwest. You don't even know where Ohio is. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and it's a semifinal, not a cup final. Right. And right. Miami's not hosting the final regardless. Right. True. So, so it's just expense. Gained. There's no there's no bottom line win to winning this game. Yeah, this is so much cope from us. <laughs> he's two games away from he's four games away from winning a double within his oh, first wait, month no, of Miami, showing up. I, I need to correct that. Miami <laughs> would host, host either Houston. No, Salt Lake has first priority. Oh, that's it. That's Miami it. Okay. has second priority. We have third, <clears throat> which second and third, if they're in the same game or there's no difference. Yeah, that's and then Houston's got fourth, so Houston's gonna have gonna be traveling to Miami or Cincinnati if Houston win. But let they, me, Houston let does. Me, Houston is hosting cope. the semifinal. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he is four games away from winning two trophies within a month of showing up in the U.S., which is all right. I hate impressive. that more. I don't. Oh fuck, that would be <laughs> awful. I'm not I ready mean, for that. We I'm just need. We just need to beat him. Yeah. Do you know how hard that is? No one's been able to do it so far. <laughs> we Dallas just came to close. Leo Messi. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Dallas came very close. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, all you need to do is beat Alabama. How'd that work out for Luke Fickle? All right. But every team they play after Charlotte will be better than any team that they've played so far. Yes. So if you want the cope line, that's the cope line. That they've mm -hmm. had a they, that they've had a fairly easy path through. Yeah, it'd be so funny though if Charlotte just destroyed them. <laughs> it's that's like not going to happen. We a all four know to it. one drubbing. No. Yeah, we know it's not going to happen. But I know, but it'd be funny. It would be funny. Yeah. On a scale of <laughs> one you. to sh on a scale of one to shit your pants, where are you if they go in, they win, and they beat LAFC on the way? Oh man, that's it's game over. What if they beat Philly and LAFC? Yeah, yeah I know. Where are we? Where are we in terms of open cup confidence? If that's the pathway they take to win the league, happy cup? to be there. That's, I've, I've immediately gone to happy to be there. <laughs> I'm like, I hope, uh, hope, uh, 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 Bupenza found another gear. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Lucho gets his shirt after the game. That's, that's yeah. what I'm rooting for, actually. <laughs> that's where it's like, can, how much money can Carl Linder off to, bribe to offer Mbappe to say I only want to play at FC right. Cincinnati and I, I want to point out that my position and I think I can speak for the entire podcast is like if we lose this Open Cup semifinal there is no consolation oh it was great to see Messi no or, no know, at least yeah. we got God, to see no. Messi play in Cincinnati absolutely God, no. not no that's not what we're about here no we are about it FC Cincinnati winning games and winning trophies and that's it. Think no, back to the I do not feel better about a loss. Right. Because Messi's on the other side. I do not give a shit. That's such a cucked attitude of Yeah. Oh, you, you don't understand. It's you got to see the the greatest of all time come to your city. And, and he played a game, and it doesn't matter if you win or lose. We're all winners for having a chance to see him live. But no, that's no. fucking awful.
That's terrible. And like that take is unacceptable in any other sport. Like Bengals fans were not expected to be okay with losing the AFC championship game because look, you got up against Patrick Mahomes. That's incredible. You got to see Patrick Mahomes or, right. you know, you lose to Tom Brady. Oh my God, you lost to Tom Brady. He's the greatest. Well, nobody cares. Right. That doesn't right. make you feel any better. And if you think that way, you're, you're not a fan podcast, of the team. You, you're not allowed to listen to this podcast. I'm banning you from the podcast. I've had, <laughs> right. I've had a thousand chances to see Messi over right. the last two decades. Okay. <laughs> they um, would have required a flight to Europe and a significant cash out outlay. He played, he played five games in the U.S. in Copa America Centenario. And like most of those didn't even sell out. Yeah. I'm working on a, I'm working on an article because I'm trying to figure out like exactly like what I'm supposed to like about seeing <laughs> about seeing Messi, the individual and like why I'm supposed to be happy about this, even if it costs my team trophies. So I'm doing like kind of, I'm just kind of like I'm mid process of working that out. So we'll see when when that yeah. goes up. But what kind of we should ask the we should ask the listeners what kind of messy content do you want from the postcast? And keep in mind we're already. <laughs> We're already overcommitting ourselves to our Columbus plans at this point. But if you've got an idea for what you want to see out of us for messy content, hit us up in the Discord or hit us up in the replies. Yeah. But anyway, like I've had plenty of opportunities to see Messi either live or on TV. Yep. And in fact, I've seen him on TV probably dozens of times. I don't need to also see him beat my team live in person and block us from getting a trophy. I don't need that. I yeah. would I would enjoy if our team beats him. Yeah, that'd be nice. Maybe it's a, li- maybe it's a little sweeter. Maybe it's a little sweeter. Sure. Uh, now, doesn't make up for the possibility of losing, but also like I'd be extremely happy going to a final uh, playing a USL opponent. Right. Let me put this very clearly. There is no extra. The banner doesn't get bigger if you work harder to win a trophy. The 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 trophy doesn't get bigger. It doesn't get more fun. I'd be okay if Miami sent their U-12 team and we beat them <laughs> mercilessly. I don't care. I just want to win. I don't care. There is no extra special reward you get for beating a great team along the way. The banner flies just as uh, high. The flag flies just as high if you beat Nick Foles or if you beat Tom Brady. Nobody cares. Nobody um, cares. And, you know, on Twitter, uh, Andrew Wiebe responded to Kevin, I don't know, last week or something. And he's like, oh, it's a soft mentality not to want your team to have to beat, you know, good players and good teams oh. to win a trophy. And I'm like, by saying that, you have devalued every trophy anybody's ever won in MLS. Yeah. Because the implication there is that the players and teams already in MLS are, are not good. strong enough for it to have any meaning to <laughs> right. beat them. Right. Like it's only until Oof. Messi, it's only until like Messi and a bunch of Barcelona starters come that any trophies in MLS have any meaning. Yeah. And if, that's, if that's the feel, line from, yeah. you know, state media, <laughs> like, boy, uh, I don't know. What I don't know what doing. the league thinks it is or what, right. <laughs> why anybody should be, should be watching the league. I don't I know. Mean, 
imagine being an Orlando fan and your your one major trophy outside of winning USL in the third division is a US Open Cup win over a USL team. Like, are they not <laughs> supposed to enjoy that? Um, no, I think back to this is kind of the perfect mindset. If if anybody is sort of along those lines, think back on this. 2019. FC Cincinnati makes Major League Soccer. This is a pre-COVID time. We have very full Nippert stadiums. Was it fun sitting through all of those losses because you got to see Joseph Martinez in Slotin or, you know, the Portland Timbers, whoever, you know, Diego Chara, whoever. Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney came. Lucho came. (laughs) Was it more fun getting our asses handed to us week in and week out because you got to see a name. No, nobody wants to experience right. that again. Or, that or was when awful. We lost, when we lost in the Open Cup in 2017, did you feel any better that right. it was, uh, what's his name? Um, Sasha Bradley Question and Bradley, Bradley Wright Phillips. Phillips and the New York Red Bulls. Did that make it feel any better? It's like, oh, like former U.S. men's national team star Sasha Kleschen was here. Wow. Like, no. <laughs> No one thinks that way because that's an insane mindset. (laughs) You want to win because you're a fan of a team. Oh my god! And on the one hand, like yes, Messi is in a different stratosphere from from sure most of these guys. Yeah, say not far off from Zlatan, but on the always gets missed. (laughs) But on the but on the other hand, he is still just a guy who doesn't play for my team. Mm Hmm. And so, like, why do I why do I have any particular investment in like? seeing him or wanting him to do well or having like (laughs) thoughts about him other than how his presence in the league affects my team. Yeah. I think like we are a very pro FC Cincinnati podcast. I think that's very fair to say. We've been very, we don't hide it. uh, No, we've been very supportive of our team. I think it is an extra level of absurd cockiness to go to other fan bases and be like, man, you guys are so lucky you get to see Lucho in person this weekend. <laughs> like, Maybe we should what? start that. <laughs> we should start that. We, we just really like, should. It's like, hey, hey, I bet. hey, hey, don't don't feel bad about losing. I mean, you got to see Lucho Acosta. In <laughs> you person. got to see the league MVP. Yeah, I mean, come on, so, Roman you know, Solentano touched your goalposts. Like, not you everybody gets that. You should feel lucky they even showed up. <laughs> it's it's funny too. Good looking guy, like, <laughs> right? Superman. Phenomenal. DC Expanded Universe. Uh, and another, <laughs> another thing is you don't get points saying that, like, everything Miami did to to turn over their roster, to open <laughs> up roster space, and to bring guys in. Yeah. I get being annoyed that people are constantly calling them, again, them cheating. It is more annoying to confidently state that every single thing that they did was completely <laughs> above board right. because I've seen people like document things that don't have a good public answer. And yeah. even if there weren't things that didn't have a good public answer, you don't know how much gam Miami has because yep. the league doesn't tell us this stuff because the league doesn't want us to know when they're, <laughs> when they're, you know, greasing the, the wheels. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And and if and I am I'm not going to ever defend a team's roster compliance that is not my own team. 
Not that there's any reason to, you know, doubt FC Cincinnati's roster compliance. No, and I'll, I will die on the hill that we're doing everything above board right now. Um, but that Miazga gam, that was definitely there before we signed him to a Max Tam deal. <laughs> you yes. will never see me uh, defending an MLS, like going to bat for an MLS team's roster compliance until MLS releases, releases everybody's allocation money totals. Yeah. And we could and we could treat this like the NFL salary cap. Yeah. Give us actual salary information. Yeah. I know the 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 union does a good job, you know, giving us some things, but it's it's very weird numbers and you gotta be careful which ones you're but, using and, and auction years. And yeah. also if you look at the CBA, it's not just the base salary. There's yep. a whole bunch of other things that go into calculating the player's salary budget charge. And yep. it's the budget charge that has to be below max TAM or below the DP threshold or whatever, not the salary. And part of the salary budget charge requires you to multiply the player's salary by 1.04. So their budget mm. charge in every single case is slightly above the player's salary. Yeah. So unless you, are, unless you have accurate GAM totals for these teams and you are <laughs> running salary budget charges that include all of the inputs and you're doing the multiplication and you have all this stuff available, I don't see why you're, why you're sticking your neck out for anybody. And oh, by the way, they were caught cheating recently and are fined all of this gam. Like right. you can call them cheaters also, because they literally also, are. <laughs> and also, like not for nothing, there's a billion ways they could be cheating from yes. off the books money being paid. We don't know about from messy cutting people a check personally. There's all sorts of shady shit from there's Bryce a Duke becoming the most expensive player <laughs> on a gam basis in mls uh just so that miami can suddenly get a 1.3 million dollar gam infusion plus and a starting Canadian national back. team center back who's starting for that right. right there's a billion ways this could be crooked there's only one way it can be correct so if you're betting the odds are that something is going to come out and you're going to be showing your ass if you were defending all this nonsense this is also why pascal's wager is stupid because like <laughs> bring it home because because uh, he's like well you know it's the bet where if you're like yeah if you if you you know believe in religion and you're wrong you know no it harm matter. done yeah but if you don't and you're wrong you're fucked you go, you go to but hell. like there's a million ways <laughs> that it could be right and you're picking yeah. one it works. It works in a vacuum where there There's are only... no other religions. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Yeah. The other problem I always had with Pascal's wager was that, like, God would know if the only reason you're believing is because, well, <laughs> I was just making a good bet here. You know, I was oh betting my God. the winning hand. Oh my God! He admitted it, meme. <laughs> like he it's, wrote it down. What are you doing, man? It, it's also still not as stupid as the bane of every philosophy student's existence. And that's St. Anselm's proof of the existence of God, which just made me want to put my head through a, a brick wall at some point. The idea that God must exist because if you imagine the most yes. powerful being you possibly can, that being must exist. Because if he didn't exist, there would be a theoretical way he could be more powerful. And I hate it. I hate it so much. It almost made me quit being a philosophy major when I was in college. So, <laughs> I mean, it does almost as dumb as Pascal's wager. I, ne I never went into I never got into apologetics. I um, felt like uh, you know, 
have faith or, or don't, right? If you're trying to logic it out, by definition, you're almost not acting on faith. If the test is whether you're acting on faith, you or know. Not. I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm sorry, just, I took this here. But no, you, you just, you just did the trick in about five minutes. So yeah, that's basically. It's a good afternoon or a weekend to fall down the rabbit hole, and you do come out the other side like, oh, that was weird. <laughs> um, no, uh, chief. Though the uh, the ontological perfect signing though is a useful framework for critiquing any and all MLS moves, which is oh, I any, like this. any player that signs for your team isn't as good as the player you could imagine signing in their place. Therefore, that player exists and should have been signed. So Alvis Powell, great example. Signs an extension, great. Spot starter, good depth. But is he as good as the imagined left back or right, right back, back that would sign for that salary that's better than Powell? No, he's not. So Powell's a bad signing because you can imagine a better player signing at that salary. And you can always criticize your MLS teams. So you know, always, you, you Don can... is going to be a fun exercise in this <laughs> yes. for, for, for next season because he's, he's, he's going to be sitting on an option, right? Yep. And... You know, strikers are expensive, but he still has a pretty high salary for the production. But he has been pretty good when he's been healthy and played. Eh. Yeah, that's like it's so wonderful about soccer, because like in all other sports, there's sort of a limited player pool like the NFL. It's so easy to critique the NFL because there are only so many people playing American football. Whereas in soccer, there are hundreds of thousands of professional soccer players and of course, there could be a better option than Alvis Powell somewhere. You don't have to know where that is. You can yep. always rest assured <laughs> saying that if we only scouted the, you know, the Afghanistani league or the Kazakhstan league where we found GB, there's probably somebody as good there that we could get more cheaply. And it's not on you to prove a goddamn thing. You can just say, <laughs> surely there is a better player willing to come to Cincinnati for Alvis Powell's money. And I do want to point out that this is purely a thought exercise. This is a pro Alvis Powell yes. podcast. That was a great, yes. great bit of business. It was great, great business to, to get that extension done. Uh, incredibly Mid-season. useful player. Wow. Plays a couple of positions, puts a shift in, you know, is a is is tough to deal with on offense, even though he does have some limitations, but he, he's always putting in the work, you know, <laughs> we, and that's what we, I want to see. We went from fuck messy to Pascal's wager to now defending the Elvis Palestine. Are we still talking about the fucking league stuff? I, I guess not. No. Well, no, listen, we got two more games to pick, right? <laughs> I forgot. I, I, had put my, I had put my bracket away. You put your fought mob away. Can you get the real bracket up? Uh, okay, right, now so we got uh, Nashville, Minnesota. Oh, I'm going Nashville. Nah, I'll, mm, I think Minnesota's a better team right now. I think they score more goals more consistently. Their defense is better. I just, it's tough to score on Nashville. And it's an, it, you, this sucks. I don't want to pick Nashville. It's Nashville at home, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. It says here, according to the machine, the machine, yeah, it's at Nashville. Fuck, I don't want to pick them. <laughs> All right, let's pick Minnesota. Yeah, you don't have to. All right, <laughs> you don't I'm have to. Minnesota. And then the final game, LAFC versus Monterey. 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 That one's Mon- just for Kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> LAFC? 
Yeah. Ooh. If we pick LAFC, wait, we pick Corretro, so there will be one Mexican team going through. Yeah. I Dis- would disaster I would prefer... or good news if there are no Liga MX teams going through in this tournament. Uh, good at that stage because MLS yeah. ultimately wanted to prove to Mexico that they were better. So it's good that they weed not, them out at that or point. not worse. Yeah, or at least not worse. I will say Messi versus Monterey would be a much better game, in my opinion. Yeah. I think it'd be more entertaining. I think you want possibly in all MLS uh, semis just because it'll encourage Liga MX to want the rematch and invoke their mm. rematch clause the next go around and this tournament comes back. Yeah, and then maybe maybe Liga MX would push for different for some different formatting. Yeah, yeah. maybe uh, some games in Mexico. Yeah. And some yeah. of the complaints people have maybe maybe addressed in future iterations if Liga MX has like a little bit of a chip on its shoulder. Yeah. Get rid of the neutral site presentation. Just like let the home teams be the home teams. That's who is there. Like that was also, very silly. Let the Mexican teams play in Mexico if yes. it's two Mexican teams. Yeah. If they're going to make them travel everywhere, give them some gate receipts. Even if nobody shows up, whatever. All right, so uh, yeah, LAFC through. Yeah, LAFC. Yeah. All right, that's the League's Cup. <laughs> <laughs> that's our League's Cup content. You're not going to get this from extra time. <laughs> Fuck you. If you, if you only wanted to hear, if you only wanted to hear League's Cup content, you could probably stop listening now. Yeah, because <laughs> in part two, and what I'm going to say is the final part, because I wanted us to talk about Messi. I feel like we did a number on Messi. Um, Fuck him. Part two in the 11 out of the 18. It isn't a bye week without it. Well, head on over there. If you thought that was too much soccer, well, you're in for a treat in part two. Let's get over there. All right, we are back and we are doing the off-season classic in the 11 out of the 18. Do we do we need to set up this premise? I feel yeah, like we might have picked up one or two listeners. Yeah. Um, well, if you're a diehard listening through the off-season, welcome back. Uh, if you are new to in the 11 out of the 18, welcome. Uh, this is where we put one thing, soccer-related or not, uh, typically not, I'll give you that warning, either in the 11, as in this is something we're into, we're good, we like it, or we're out of the 18, we're kicking it out, it didn't make the team, it's not making the cut, we're getting rid of it. Uh, it is very much left open to interpretation. It generally sparks good conversation and uh, we kind of sprung this on ourselves in the last second before hitting record, so I don't know exactly what people have lined up. Is anybody raring to go? I have two ready. Well, but you never lead off. Why don't you lead off? I, yeah, you lead I off. I feel weird leading off. Actually, both of mine are American football related, so bear with me. Um, in the 11, fantasy football. Look, I've been out on fantasy football for a while. I'm back in. I've fallen. I've re-fallen in love with fantasy football. And I think it has to do with the fact that uh, uh, my my home league, as they, as they call it in the biz, uh, shout out to Hamsterdam. I know Prent and Sam and Coomer all listen. Uh, we have a massive league. That Coomer. is bizarre. That's, Coomer. That's obscene. That's a good, hey, whoa. <laughs> good guy. Selling an e-bike. If anybody's in the market for an e-bike, let me know. Put you in contact. <laughs> I rented um, e-bikes in Zion National Park a couple and? years ago. Incredible. 
Incredible idea. He's got a good model. He's got a model I've had my eye on. I might buy this if nobody else does. So do you have to <laughs> pedal with the e-bike or does it just sort of go forward like an electric motorcycle? You kind of well, have to pedal, it, but it assists you. It depends on the model. So there are full throttle models and then there are pedal assist models. So there are some that are essentially an electric motorcycle pretending to be a bicycle for legal reasons. And then there are pedal assist uh, bicycles. Yeah, so I, had to, like, I had to pedal mine, but like, it didn't feel like you were doing anything. Yeah. The you, could set it, you could set it to help you less if you wanted yeah. to, but like, fuck that. Right, right. It was hot and I'm going uphill. Put it in workout mode and it fights you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, the, the promise is it's like you can bike to work without being sweaty. It's kind of like the, uh, the dream use case for that. Uh, anyway, I got to tell you a little bit about this, this fantasy football league. It's a bit crazy. Uh, it's a 13 team league, which <laughs> wrap your minds around that. We have a dummy 14th team. That is a bye week It is a super flex league. We are in two keeper, uh, mode. We've got bizarre quarterback scoring. We have incredibly shallow benches. We do an auction draft, which if you've never done an auction draft in fantasy football, you've never played fantasy football. You're doing baby snake drafts. You got to get into the auctions. Free agent budgets for uh, for waiver wires. It is such a complex and deeply involved league that league that most of the teams have multiple owners. So I co-own my team with two other guys. The buy-in is like 150 bucks. So everybody's chipping in shares of the team. <laughs> it's a fascinating bizarre thing and um yeah we've got uh we've got a number of rules on the proposal for this year so every year we vote on new rules and this could be a big one i think we might finally kick out defenses and kickers and add a third keeper increasing ppr for tight ends look this is going to be gibberish to people who don't know this but if somebody is into fantasy football this is great the league is going into like its 15th year now and it's been a ton of fun so way in on fantasy so, football so my problem with fantasy football is that i completely fell out of love with it as soon as i could bet legally yeah on just individual <laughs> games and i didn't need to like worry about because I, I i turned into that the worst version of myself where i was watching games just yelling when people scored a touchdown <laughs> and yeah. i don't need to be the person yelling at the television you know just screaming for kareem hunt and not caring about the outcome of the game and like i can bet on his yardage prop or his receptions prop that's right right that's what i need <laughs> the problem also i have with fantasy football is that um I used to join leagues and not really read the rules. <laughs> and then inevitably every league I would join had some stupid rule where it was like, oh, if I'd have read this, like I joined a fantasy football team back when I was uh, fantasy football league back when I was first out of grad school. And there was a rule that when your player had a splash play, you got mm. extra points based on how many yards the touchdown was. So if you had a 10 yard touchdown reception, you got the six points for the TD plus one point per 10 yards. So a 10-yard touchdown was worth um, seven points. Seven points, yeah. But like an 80-yard touchdown was worth 14. Plus <laughs> you would uh, get the eight points for him getting 80 yards receiving. So it was really right. a 22-point play wow. in that one thing. So certain players became like insanely valuable because they always hit like home runs during the game. The and all you threat, needed was sure. one good throw. 
and this guy would score a billion points. And wouldn't you know it, the guy who started the fucking league ended up winning it that year because he was the only person that read the rules carefully. So Wow, that's a bad commissioner. That's a bad commissioner. Yeah, where are uh, you yeah. now, Craig? Our our league would not be a fun one to just jump into and not read the rules because it it gets very weird. <laughs> Uh, Grayson, you dabble in any fantasy sports or, or not at yeah, all? Yeah, I, I do. I do fantasy football. That's all I do. Yeah. Um, I guess I am technically in a fantasy MLS league, but I forget. I forget <laughs> that I'm in that league every week. Uh, it's fantasy too much. soccer doesn't, it doesn't work. It's too. It's too much for me. Um, but uh, actually, this year, so I have this terrible luck of always being out of town the weekend that our draft is mm, mm-hmm. and a couple times I was out of the country and one time I was in Barcelona and was having terrible internet so I kept getting kicked off and it would convert and it would could it would convert to auto draft oh, and no. it's an and it's an auction draft yep. oh so that's bad <laughs> that does not work out well and the other time I was in I was in Kilimanjaro and I uh, had my, I was going to have my sister draft for me and she just forgot to do it. <laughs> That's always um, good. <laughs> so I found out days later that I had auto drafted. Um, the auto draft is not good at valuing players. I'll no, tell you that. <laughs> but this year, but this year it's perfect timing. I am going to be not working that week. Nice. And it's a great week to not work because there's the crew game on the 20th, the oh, semifinal on the 23rd. You picked a good week. And then we're going to do our auction draft on the 25th, Friday night, nice. which is my wedding anniversary, but my wife's going to be out of town. And she was going to be out of town before I did this. So it's, this is not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very important distinction. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to, Gonna really do it up this time. I lost last year in the um I was the high scorer for Ooh. the for the season, but I lost in the semifinal round and then also lost the third place game, so I ended up with no money. Oh brutal. That's a tough spot. Now Ben, uh, the closest we came was two years ago, three years ago now. We came within literally a half a point of the championship. It was the most frustrating I've ever been watching was, a random Denver game. <laughs> so we used, to do, we used to do a two-legged championship game. Oh, smart. And I was something like 35 points ahead after the first, first <sighs> week. Damn. And then in the last week... The guy got like a literally a combined forty points from his defense and kicker. Oh, no, <laughs> and ended up beating me by like, like, like a point. It was it was awful. I want to know if there's brutal. anyone that does a actual fantasy football league where you have to draft offensive linemen too, and you I know actually people build- that do weird. Weird stuff like that. Yeah, That's too much. Get, if you're in, if you're into one of those, hit me up. I jo- I'll join your league. If you draft offensive linemen, defensive linemen, defensive backs. If you if you have to draft twenty two players for your team, I could be I could be enticed back into a league like that. Hit me up on the DMs. I would I would love at a minimum an IDP league, but I am trying to baby step our league 
into a dynasty league. That's my dream. I want taxi squads again. Just just gibberish. If you have no idea about the fantasy sports stuff. Um, out of my 11, just very quickly, I might be a moron uh, in general, but very specifically about this uh, American football uniforms. It people debate these and talk about these all of the time. UC just had some new uh, uniforms drop. Uh, they're with Nike this year after being with Under Armour forever. I can't tell the difference between any American football uniform for the same team year after year. Like unless something is absurdly different and I'm thinking, and Chief, you'll love this, the Tampa Bay alarm clock numbers. Worst. I've got no idea. Go look up Bengals jerseys from the beginning of time. There is like one style up until about 1976. And then anything from like 1978 on looks just like today. I cannot tell the difference whatsoever. People debate like, but the black pants with the white stripe looks better than the white stripe with the black. It, it's all the same, man. I don't understand. Yeah, my my friend Ben is this guy. He um, he's <laughs> uniform guy where oh. every time somebody releases new uniforms, like he's in the group chat saying, oh, this is cool new uniform or like when are we watching a game on TV? This is a great uniform matchup. And he, like, he know he follows all these sports, but like he just loves uniform talk. Sure. Um, I can appreciate right, so, a primary so, color versus primary color. That's great. But yeah, so th on the subject of uniforms, this was the weirdest part of when I really started following soccer. Yeah. And this would have been like, you know, 25, 30 years ago, dating myself here. The idea that teams change their uniforms every year in yeah. soccer was bananas to me. Coming from like a background where the Reds get new uniforms, like everyone lost their mind over the City Connect uniforms are doing this year with like Cincy on the front, which are cool, granted. Yep. Um, but like a baseball team, they don't change their uniforms more than what? Every decade, 15 years. I think the Reds have been in their current iteration since the mid 2000s, I want to say. Yeah. Early to like before they the drop playoff. The, uh, drop shadow. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, the vests, they've been rocking yeah. those since at least they started making the playoffs in the 2008, 2009. The Bengals, their uniforms are mostly unchanged for stretches of 10 years at a time, however long it is. The idea that every year a soccer team changes uniforms, and not only that, but that you bought the new kit every year that it came out was wild to me. Right. Where, like, as an NFL fan, I would buy like a, you know, I'd buy whoever the starting quarterback was for the Buccaneers. I have a Josh Freeman jersey that I'm not proud that I own. Um, I have a Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> that's, that's Buccaneers jersey that I am proud that I own. Yeah, and I good, will wear that good. on ironically for the rest of the time. <laughs> but no, this idea that, oh, I have uh, 15 different versions of Eden Hazard's Chelsea jersey because I have to keep buying it year after year. That was so weird right. to me. I don't know if that was just me but or an American thing, but completely normal everywhere else in the world. One thing I really don't like that soccer teams do, and Premier League teams are like the worst offenders of this, is uh, just like radically changing the color for one time. Like, and I, MLS likes doing this as well with like the Jimi Hendrix and the uh, the Bruce Lee jerseys for uh, or kits for Seattle. So no, that the 
like all of the supporters sing songs about, you know, orange and blue, or I imagine they sing about rave green or whatever the hell in Seattle. But like, you can't just go change the colors. That's not good. I don't mind black or white. That's fine. Those are neutral. Um, I, I'll even let you get away with gray. But like, yeah, when and I know it's historical, but like when Manchester United wears their blue kits, it's weird. Or Arsenal wears a red or not a red, a green kit. It's like, what the hell is happening here? There was a game last year in the Premier League. It was like Norwich wore um, blue and Arsenal or Norwich wore red and Arsenal wore green or something or wore yellow. It was like they were wearing the other team's color jerseys that they were normally associated <laughs> with. This is so stupid. Um, yeah, no, but like I, I see the new UC football uniform and it's a black t-shirt with like some red on the trim. And if you ask me how that is different without any photos, how is that different than last year's uniform? I couldn't tell you. I watched all the games. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> But the difference is they're going to lose a lot more football games wearing it this year. They're going to get paid a lot more to lose football games this year. That's the important distinction. (laughs) All right. Uh, So I've got Envy 11 for me is Frisch's Big Boy. I know we we name checked them earlier. Frisch's Big Boy is going to be the latest addition to... How much much free advertising are we going to (laughs) do? Just one more. One just more. one more. Yeah, one more. Just one um, more free ad. Yeah, just one on, more free on. ad to make the, please, pay, bro, make the podcast please, bro. good. Please. Please, bro. Please. Why don't you sponsor us for the love of Christ? Uh, they're going to CVG, which is, um, I think they're opening in Terminal A, which is appropriate because that's the terminal all the flights go out of for like Allegiant and Frontier, where you will have time to eat a full meal before your delayed flight actually takes off flying one of those airlines. Um, so that's good. Uh, I think they already have a Braxton there. A Skyline Chili is opening at the airport. Um, I think that what the airport really needs to be is it needs to be the one-stop place for every local cuisine to the region, where if you're here on a business trip or whatever, and for some reason you didn't make it to one of these places that's local, that this is your last chance to grab it in the airport before you head on to your flight. So. I'm thinking we got to add like a Price Hill chili there or something like that for like breakfast. I'm thinking we need to add a um, like an eagle maybe or something like that. I don't know. What what do you guys think? What what else needs to be at the airport? But I think I think it should be like a celebration of all things Cincinnati. I don't care what's at the airport (laughs) because I go to the lounge. I mean, so do I. I'm just I'm saying for the hypothetical person here. I'm not spending any money on food at the airport. People can you guys can do whatever you want. I do think the airport should have more local character and more local flair. Like it is for a lot of people, especially in the era of of layovers, it is maybe the one time that somebody is in your city, quote unquote. And yeah, there should be the option to like see the local cuisine or see a brand. So if somebody says like, oh, have you ever tried Spotted Cow? You can be like, well, yeah, I got stuck in Milwaukee one time on a layover and there was a bar there and they had it and it was great. It's like, that's, you have a cultural experience now. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm, way, I'm way into this. Yeah. Uh, out of the 18 for me is the uh, Pac-12 conference. So You <laughs> <laughs> and Fox and ESPN. Huh? And, and literally everyone. Um, It's not going to exist. And I'm sitting here wondering how much Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, 
and I forget who else is left behind. Washington State. Are, forgotten are for. seriously thinking about our 40 uh, seriously thinking about taking their athletic directors, strapping them to a SpaceX rocket and just launching them into the sun for <laughs> not seeing on the writing on the wall and doing something about this. You don't want to use a SpaceX rocket because those come back. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> no, not before they blow up first. It's OK. Yeah. Um, Stanford also, in particular. That's yeah, a, that's a rough look. But also it's like I. I feel like this has to be the moment. Like everyone I've talked to about this, I haven't met a single person that is really happy about how college football looks now. Like I know Grayson, he's a Big Ten guy. He's an Ohio State guy. Are you really excited about the Big Ten, including such historic and storied matchups as Oregon versus Rutgers? Is that exciting? No, I'm definitely like a college football return guy. Like I'm a I'm a trad when it comes to college football i think reduce the conferences back to you know small regional conferences with a regional identity okay where it's like you know sec teams play a certain way pac 12 pac 10 teams play a certain way big 10 teams play a certain way and honestly scrap the whole playoff system just go back to like yep. the bowls and then the, like the rose bowl pack pack 10 champion versus big 10 champion you know all that stuff and then let's just argue over who's the best team that's way more fun. You're right. Because I don't know. I feel like there's been a there's been a flattening with with the in the BC, in the BCS world with the playoff system of especially with the with the uh, open transfer portal, which mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm gen, gen, generally for because I just think players should have the right to move the same way that like coaches do, um, especially if since it's, since it's so professionalized. Anyway. But like all the top teams just play the same way. Yeah. Yeah. You, you said like the, like everybody... you said the big 12 used to all run the wishbone and it was like a power running conference and the ACC was your pro set offense. And yeah, big, big 10 used to be like, who's got the biggest hosses, right? Yeah. What state grows the biggest boys? <laughs> Iowa, Wisconsin, Ohio, a fullback conference. Absolutely. Uh, not Michigan. Cause they got all their hosses from Ohio, but, uh, uh yeah, I mean it's, it it used to there used to be like kind of a charm for yeah. for it being such a a very regionalized sport. And like occasionally you'd play a good team from out of conference. You'd have like the Rose Bowl or the Sugar Bowl or whatever yeah. game you play the in. The bowls were fun. They were unique yeah. interesting matchups. Yeah. Well, like who and Yeah. The yeah, it's yeah. it doesn't we don't need to have a single quote unquote undisputed college football national champion. No, I actually, I don't think it's a better that, system that we spent all those years not having an undisputed college football champion and the internet didn't exist for us to fight about it. Like yeah. all these AP uh, coaches poll disagreements as to who was the best team. There was no Twitter to fight about that. That's sad. I want to bring that back. More reasons that we can fight about sports online. We're being robbed of that by college football right now. So there there was that year in the 90s where um, I'm going to get it wrong because like. I don't personally remember it, but my dad told me about it where Notre Dame. Lost the consensus national championship vote to Florida State, even though Notre Dame had beaten Florida State during the season. Hmm. and that's like a fun, that's like kind of a fun controversy 
right? Because yeah. like Notre Dame had lost to a worse team than Florida State did. The Florida State had lost to Notre Dame. <laughs> right. And so, but which like now they would just both make the playoff and play against each other. But if right. Florida State beats Notre Dame in the playoff, does that why does Florida State get to be the national champion? Because they beat Notre Dame later than Notre Dame beat them. Right. Right. It's, it just shows that it's like probably a toss up. Right. You know, and in this way, we just have different people give it out. You feel like you feel like your school won a championship that year. Yeah, because the biggest you, thing no, for no one can take that away from you. Yeah, the biggest thing for you as an Ohio State fan was going to the Rose Bowl and beating, you know, UCLA or something like that. You didn't need to worry about winning a playoff game. And like everything about college football sucks now because it's all been reduced to this binary thing of did you make the playoff and did you win the national champion? Versus we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It was fun because there used to be different ways to win and different ways to consider your season successful. And now there's yep. just one and the play style of college football has become homogenized across all the conferences and everybody has the same goal and the bowls don't matter. And everything unique and interesting that made people like college football is now gone. And it's to Kevin's point. It's the mini NFL now. And that's just not yeah. interesting to me. Yeah. So um, I think about I was thinking about it this way, like. With the with the playoff system, there's only one stake, and it's right. Yeah, making the playoffs, winning the playoffs. Okay, it's devalued everything every else. Yeah, right. Every conference championship, every, it, every it's bowl. devalued yep. all of beating, it. Beating beating your rival doesn't matter. Which and you don't play anymore because you have too many conference games to make up the schedule. Yeah, and it's like it's like with one of my gripes with a lot of movies these days. Is everything is the end of the world because they're yes. like, oh, that's we that's the biggest stake we can come up with. But it's not. <laughs> it's kind of boring, though. Yeah. And an actual like stake that makes for a compelling movie is like. Putting personal investment in your characters in the outcome of whatever it is it doesn't yeah. need to be like that big of a deal. Well, right. He as long the as job. like, yeah, as long as right. we like understand the relationship between the characters and their motivations to like get over on each other of whatever it is, you know, it's, um, it's, it's why we like, you know, the movie election where it's like the most meaning, meaningless thing like ever. It's like this teacher wants to keep this annoying kid from being school president, but because of like, the way we've shown the character's lives and like the resentment that he has for this, for this student is like so strong. It's like really interesting to watch it play out, you know? Right. And if you, if you scrap like the playoff system and you get back to these regional rivalries, like, yeah, it is a compelling story. If yeah. who, who wins the Ohio state Michigan game, you know, right. or, or UCLA USC or any other regional rivalry, because now we've reinvested these rivalries with independent, existence right right and we're and we're right. they're backed up by the history between the schools now it's also ohio it's state also michigan a, well i was gonna say now ohio state michigan play and they can both rest assured that one of them will probably win the conference and the other one will get an at-large bid to the playoffs and like, play that same doesn't game matter. in the playoffs this also works as a critique of the aforementioned marvel cinematic universe where it was like every movie was about the fate of the world and when that wasn't enough it was about the fate of all the people in the universe and when that wasn't enough we ratcheted it up to all the people in the multiverse <laughs> and at some point there's nowhere else to go and yeah. i just stopped caring well so think about it like 
in the original Superman movie with Christopher Reeve, he has a choice to whether stop an atomic bomb from blowing up all of California, right? For yeah. a land investment deal. Or saving, like, one person. And we actually, like, kind of understand the choice, you know? And, like, the actual dilemma there. Because right. he, we are weighing, like, his personal investment and in stakes. Or, and, and there's so many other examples of that. You know, um, James Bond, Quantum Solace. I think he's trying to prevent the bad guy from getting two thirds share of the water rights in Colombia. So I, think about, I think it's Bolivia. Damn. But I actually, I, I actually thought that <laughs> was very, know, very specific people, stakes, though. <laughs> pe- but people, people share on that movie. But I think that that's like a very yeah, interesting no, kind of plot. And it's like yeah, kind of an old school James Bond plot it's w- where it's what a uk spy would be doing yes yeah, exactly and like in the in the old james bond movies specter was this big organization that was like running schemes like all over the globe yeah and they all had like pretty local impact and stakes and in the aggregate add up to this big worldwide organization but by and large he's just like foiling you know one thing in kentucky in one movie and then right. he's doing like something else in, a, in another movie and he's down yeah, in- but then uh, then Jamaica. You, then you get to the one where he's in a volcano inside Japan that's launching rockets to capture spacecraft and bring them back to start a world <laughs> war between the U.S. and Russia. And I will go to my grave saying you only live twice is the best James Bond movie ever made. <laughs> uh, Chief, I did want to just very quickly read the Stanford Cardinal opening Wikipedia uh, paragraph, because I think this is fascinating that this is the team, this is the, the school that has been left out. As of June 15, 2023, Stanford program, Stanford's program has won 134 NCAA team championships, the most of any university. They've won at least one NCAA team championship each academic year for 47 consecutive years, going back to 1976. They have won 26 of the 29 Directors Cups awarded annually to the most successful overall college sports program in the nation including 25 consecutive cups from 94 to 2018. Yeah. yeah. This is the pay, team that was nobody left paying out. for the Rowan team, Paul. <laughs> that can is I, the team that was left out. <laughs> can, I, can I indulge since this episode's already gone really long? I have a yes. bonus real quick, extra out of the 18. My Please. extra, it's also college rated. Out of my 18 is the Xavier Musketeers for oh, signing. No. I know this hurts. Uh, the official pizza sponsor of Xavier this year <laughs> you at can have them. <laughs> is Snappy Tomato Pizza. Did like Oh, that's did, pretty funny. Did Donato's not answer the phone? Like, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't know they were still in business. Uh, I it's worth it if they serve the cicada pizza in in the arena. Then it's worth it. Oh, that was them, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, they won't was. be available for another 16 years, I don't think. I don't know if they still do that. I would love to know. I, has anyone eaten a snappy tomato pizza in the last 20 years? I have. There's one in Fairfax, which I have been to more than a couple of times. Very weird. but Where in Fairfax? Uh, it's like 
it's in of the sad strip malls that are on that main drag. It's in the saddest one. <laughs> oh, that's why like one of those ones where you just don't even look at it when you go by because it just looks run down. Correct. Closed. <laughs> Next to the old PNC location. I want to say it's across the street from a Midas. So, OK, I know what you're talking about. I yeah. still won't go there, but like, come on, like yeah. you just you're a big East program. Do better. Snappy tomato. Snappy tomato. Uh, Grayson, in the 11 out of the 18. Uh, in the 11, I'll try to make these quick. You don't have um, to. <laughs> Nobody's listening anyway at this point. Uh, so I was listening to um, the Orville Peck Pandora station the other day, and this Ooh. song came on that was kind of old sounding, and it was in French, a French woman singing like kind of like an upbeat, dancey pop song. And I found out that it was... Uh, an example of yay yay music, which was uh, 60s French pop. And the huh. singer was Franz Gall. And the song was La Saint Wait, Tombe. Oh, can, I guess, can, I guess this, can I guess the title of the song? Yeah. Uh, Essayez que dans une petite ville? No. Uh, <laughs> what's, that, what's that mean? Damn, uh, I thought you got it. <laughs> uh, try that in a small town. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so uh, the, the song was actually called, it was called uh, Laissez tomber les filles, which is means like stop messing around with the girls. It's a very oh. catchy song. And I bought a uh, France Gall vinyl and it's really good, like wine drinking and sitting around music. Um, yeah, in relation to Charles right Day. No. <laughs> Okay. Spelled spelled different. So okay. uh, her her name is France Gall. I'd I'd recommend get, giving her song some play. And I also like uh, I've listened to less of her, but I've also liked what I've heard from uh, Francois Hardy. She's another one of the Yay Yay girls. Yay Yay girls. Are the Yay yeah. Yay girls kind of like Woo girls, or is that? <laughs> I guess yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, new things to uh, to go through here. Uh, another song by France called Poupée de Cire, Poupée de Son, which means uh, wax doll, rag doll. That song won the Eurovision in 62 or something. I don't know. So, yeah, a little, a little hidden gem music recommendation. I like it. You think Someone, you someone, think someone's going to tell me. Someone's going to tell me you can't call this a hidden gem. I've known about France Gall for a decade. <laughs> would Aaron Bupenza know is, these songs is the real yeah. question uh, I, maybe I don't know Yeah, French language um, out of my 18 I was uh, I was tempted to put issue 1 out of my 18 but I feel like that that's been done and dusted long enough and no need to dance on that grave R.I.P. in peace um, <laughs> so I would say um, I'm going to read a Laurel Failure tweet ooh and then, and Laurel's in the in the eleven. This is okay. not this is not, but it's her her tweet uh, putting let's say a uh, I hadn't seen it, but apparently there's some conspiracy theory that is out of the eighteen. Ooh, okay. Um, I don't know where this is coming from, but she said there was also rumor that's been floating around that the Lucho Acosta extension was agreed to by both parties, and FCC changed terms last minute, but that is also false. Um, and then she put a smiley, crying, laughing face. Oh, uh, wait. 
apparently there was there's some, a wait, what? Yeah, so apparently there's a apparently there's a rumor. I haven't seen it online. I, I haven't seen it on Twitter anywhere or anything <clears throat> that the reason that the team hasn't announced an extension for Lucio Acosta uh-huh. is that they changed the terms last minute. Well, like Darth, Darth Vader, Darth Vader style. style. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It is. That is. That's also what came to my mind. Like Albright saying, like, oh, like Jeff, I, Jeff Burning Sanders saying, I am altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further and come back. We have more winning to do. Yeah. So um, I think, but what I do think this, this comes from, we've talked about it before. It is um, the information vacuum from the team yeah. not providing like periodic update. Like occasionally teams will just kind of acknowledge publicly like, oh, yeah, like Philly will be like, oh, yeah, we're working on, um, you know, working. We're working on the Jim Curtin deal. Yeah. You know, it just it's not just not done yet or whatever. Or St. Louis's coach saying, yeah, we're we're we're, we're negotiating with a defensive midfielder and um we'll have more news on that whenever we we get that done you know you know um, helpful like, helpful bits of news yeah but that's also when, but it's, when it's, you it's, don't provide any information yeah people do fill in the gaps and I it's guess. how it's it, it's how like and like it seems kind of facially absurd that like albright would say <laughs> yes i agree to this deal Let's meet up and get it done. And then they get there and then he picks up the paper and like X's Scratches out a zero <laughs> on the salary or, number. Or, what or, is he changing? Or no, it's like they get there to sign it and like comically like that Donald Trump thing about the hurricane path where it's written in Sharpie. <laughs> that, that like something has been clearly changed in the contract and like Lucho's agents looking at it like, what is this? What's what? It was till 2027, but he just put a little a little wedge on it and tried to make it a nine without anybody noticing. <laughs> so like, I don't I don't know if 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 Laurel's reported on this rumor before and I just missed it um, in the in the articles or, or I, whatever. I, I haven't seen anything about it. I would love to see like just somebody write out what they, <laughs> what happened, like, like like step by step, like what exactly they think. They think like this the, looks like and what happened. I just want to see it on in words in front Chris of me. Chris Albright turns out to be this nefarious dealer that everybody hates. It's like working like behind the scenes. And oh, that would explain why you Kubo is still here because he went with the magic marker and he changed the contract again to. He gave Lucho's extension extension to Kubo. That was what he changed. That was the, <laughs> that was the mix up. It was the name on it, not not any of the details, and nobody noticed. <laughs> Honestly, like ninety percent of what's going on with this team is like okay. There's an information vacuum, but Albright has hit on so much of what he's done yeah. that yeah. I just assume he's got this under control. It's like why we talked about this in the last episode. Like, oh, what's the situation with Aaron Bapenza? 90% of the reason why I'm not making a bigger deal about this or any of this is I, I trust that Albright signed his dude and got the right guy. Lucho's extension, why isn't it done? I don't know, but I assume that Albright's got this under control. Like, it's yeah. just, yeah. I, we were- I have not heard a single whiff of any kind of a rumor that Albright 
is anything other than incredibly good at his job, respected around the league. And the idea that he's sitting around like this nefarious villain with a red <laughs> pen changing the fucking contract is and you know it's like hilarious we, is what that is. We were we were a little skeptical of the early returns on Arius, a little yeah. skeptical of the early returns on Angulo. Baji. Yeah. Baji. I mean, all yeah. of those seem to basically have been hits. It's almost yeah, like right? he's smarter and better at this than we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, I need to see a couple more years. <laughs> yeah, so maybe he should sign yeah. up for a few more years and convince me personally. That's what I think he needs to do. So I'm also I'm also going to have a, a controversial opinion here um, on this. Lucho is certainly a player that tests this. Don't get me wrong. But in the abstract, as a fan of FC Cincinnati, I think... I want the general manager to be doing his best to get the best deal for the team. And if that means sometimes coming across as an asshole, I think I'm fine with it. Because if it gets us into a better place as a team, that's good. And if it means that a couple of players don't stick around for as long as we'd want, so long as the team is successful... I think in general, I'm fine with that. I don't want to be the team that is handing out cash to fan favorites at the detriment of results eventually. Yeah. So, and I, I don't have any reason to believe right. that Albright right. is being in particular an asshole. Right. I have no reason to believe that Albright is an asshole except for no. like kind of how he looks and how he just kind of carries himself. <laughs> and from being from Philly, from, too. Yeah, yeah. Where he's from, yeah. 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 No, the, um, what, and I mean, also, it's like, it's funny, too, like, if you were Lucho, like if there's going to be a holdup on this side of the deal for like the Lucho deal, I would bet it's probably the guy who's in the middle of an MVP season whose agent is probably telling him we'll be in a better negotiating position if you go ahead and you win the MVP this year. Right. So <laughs> and win MLS Cup. Yeah. It, it, and if we're if we're allowed to throw out conspiracy theories on it, and my conspiracy are. theory <laughs> is that is that it's already done. Ooh. Or basically done. What are I they imagine, waiting for? How do they not have a framework in mind? If they are millions of dollars apart, like Lucha just needs to tweet that and just say, like, I thought I was playing my heart out for this city. It's a shame my talent can't be, you know, respected in this town. And the entire fan base will revolt in one hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's plenty of people who would Follow, fall all over each other trying to be the first to tweet out something from his agent. Yeah. About the team nickel and diming him. Right. And there's nothing, nothing Remotely out there. I mean, there. other, yeah. other players have been fine letting that, letting that information be, be put out. Mm -hmm. Um, so either, so either Lucha is not that concerned about it or he's, he, he feels too much responsibility to, I got make it. anything public, so I, I got know. it. Okay. All right. So here's what we do: we get Albright into a room, we get Lucho into a room, and we get him a box of empanadas and say, "Guys, figure this out." Break bread, yeah. literally. Yeah. I thought you a were going to say we break a we break a pool cue, <laughs> <laughs> and we say, "Winner takes home six million dollars." Right. It's like here's the deal: one of the two of you is leaving this room alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um yeah no i'm i'm all for a conspiracy theory that chris albright is secretly 
incredibly incompetent and that Jeff Birding is the glue keeping the <laughs> ship together because that is inevitably who would be filling in the gaps here, right? So, um, yeah. I, that's another thing I would like to see. I'd like to see somebody like make the case. That Albright is that Albright is bad at his job. <laughs> I've, in a very very tight window, he has a good argument for being the greatest MLS executive of all time. So, <laughs> I feel like we have been kind of sold the narrative in defense of previous regimes. Yeah, that the job is impossible and nobody <laughs> can be good at it. Right. <laughs> So right. maybe it's the case anyone could have been good at it, yet we just happened to like draw the inside straight of people that absolutely couldn't handle the job. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean I don't want to evidence... find out. Let's just keep Albright and let's just keep the party rolling. How about that? Yep. Yeah. Extend Albright and Lucho, please. Yes. Both of them. And do yeah, it maybe, maybe Albright's waiting to announce it until he gets his own extension done. Will you please oh, announce it's it? It's a cascading like <laughs> negotiation, like a hostage situation. He's like, you know, I could I could I could get this Lucha deal done right now, but <laughs> I'm going to need a little more. I don't, I don't want it to, you know, I'm not signing him to a deal that's longer than I'm here. So, <laughs> Oh, that's a, that's a great bargaining chip. I won't sign a player to a longer deal than I'm here. I don't know. When well, does we've already signed pal to a longer deal. Okay. All rights here through the end of 2025 or only 2024. No, 2024. 2024. Wow. And I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure his contract goes through the end of it. Because remember they brought him in. He started October. in October. Yeah. Oh God. And I mean, I think it's probably a fair assumption it goes to the end of the season, but it's not a guarantee. I'm just right, glad so, I have so a now, new thing to worry about. Yeah, no, no. Now that suddenly the Lucho <laughs> extension doesn't seem so bad. Like, let's get right. the Albright extension done immediately. Uh, also, uh uh Noonan's also up. Next year. I might just become a Louisville fan. <laughs> yeah, if they just leave, I'm done. I, I, to worry I, think, about this. I think these I think these will get done. Yeah. Uh they're they're more valuable to us than they are to any other MLS team. I don't know that that's true. And if uh uh well I th- I think it's true. It's my I hope it's, it's my, true. It's, it's it's my truth. San Diego <laughs> um, and Chicago come to mind immediately. But and yes. I would hate I would hate to break up the Terrace Park crew. That is yeah, so true. That is true. It's a key. It's a key component can you put a, here. Can you put a price on that? The answer is yes, but don't try. <laughs> yeah, <but> please, <laughs> LA Galaxy, keep your mouth shut. Okay. Um, Kenny Arena is on record as saying that this is better than the beaches of California. So Manhattan Beach specifically, only because yeah. he lived in Manhattan Beach, not in Hermosa Beach. <laughs> don't give him ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bleep that out. We're not leaving that in the show. All right, I'm going to say it before Grayson gives any more ideas about where our coaches can leave. Fuck Columbus. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cincy Postcast, which is a production of The Post Cincy. You can check us out at thepostcincy.com for all of our written content as well as links to our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and as well you can join us on our Discord server. You can find links to that server both in this episode description as well as on our website. That is where most of our conversations are going on. We have a lovely community there talking about FC Cincinnati, MLS, anything and everything else and everything in between. 
We also want to give a huge thanks to Jim Trace and the Makers for providing all of the music you've heard throughout this episode. They're an amazing local Cincinnati band. Again, more information about them is in the description of this episode. And if you enjoyed what you listened to, and you've made it to the end, so I'm going to assume you liked it, or you just can't reach your stop button, please like us, review us, subscribe to us, wherever you are getting your podcasts. That is going to be really, really helpful. But more importantly, share this with a friend. A personal recommendation helps sped a podcast so much further. So please share this if you know somebody in your life who's an FC Cincinnati fan, an MLS fan, somebody that you think would enjoy this pass it on over. Thank you so, so much again for listening. It blows me away that people continue to listen to us. And thank you so, so much again.